But if you're like most of us, sometimes you read and you get down to the bottom and start to turn the page and you wonder what you just read. So I want to read this to you and I want to stop and call out some things that we need to pay attention to. Romans 8. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sent His own Son, circle own Son, in the likeness, again circle likeness, of sinful flesh and for sin circle it condemn sin in the flesh that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit have you ever stopped and thought what happened When you opened your heart and allowed Jesus Christ to come in. You know, a lot of things happened. Oh, I know. I'm afraid sometimes we get so excited about heaven. Excited about not having to pay for our sins. That we forget what God has done. What he is doing. We know. The Bible has told us. We just talked about. The law being. Set aside. But we know that the law. Was divinely given. The law is holy. The law is just. The law is good. We now see that it was weak through the flesh. Does that mean that something divine can be limited by something that is human? Or that God has voluntarily limited himself so that things which he intently desires cannot come to pass. Well, what a travesty that would be. For you see, God never intended for the law to save us. What was the law given for? What was the purpose of the law? It was to teach us. To teach us what is wrong. We have it in the Old Testament. 
You ever wonder how the people in the Old Testament got saved? Well, we know that the law cannot save us. It could not save those in the Old Testament. Technically, they were saved just as you and I. Now, you and I accept the fact that Jesus Christ was the Son of God. And that He came. He left His home in heaven. He came to this earth. He spent 30 some odd days here on this earth. And lived a perfect life. He never sinned. He voluntarily, willingly, went to the cross and died for you. Oh, how important that is for you. He did more than just die. He arose again. And he lives today. The law, as we read, is weakness because of the flesh, because of mankind, because the law is perfect. And I know it would be a surprise to you, but none of us are perfect. We fall short. And God knew that. No, God demands perfection. It's what He demands. And you know what? No man has ever bridged the gulf of his own nature in order to pass from death to life. Only the divine intervention of the Lord Jesus Christ can take us across the depths of death and eternal life. It is the weakness of man's flesh that has made it necessary that the Lord must do it all for us. There is nothing that we can do for ourselves. When Christ went to the cross, he paid a debt. Your debt, my debt. He did more 
and buy us a home in heaven. He did more than give us eternal life. He did more than blot out our sins. You see, He did all those things, but He did more. Because of the weakness of our flesh, God had to intervene. Nothing else could do it. The context of the passage which we read makes it possible that this wonderful thing happened. And we are not lost eternally. It is a message to you and I. That we are to live a different life. Did you ever stop to think when you accepted Christ as your personal Savior, you became a joint heir with Jesus Christ? Stop and think about that. Now who was Jesus Christ? Jesus Christ. The Son of God. He was God. Or He is God. And we became one with Him. Not only that. But we were given. The indwelling Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament. The Holy Spirit was given to people and it could be taken away from them. Saul, it happened to Saul. It happened to many of them. But you and I have him permanently. He indwells within us. The Bible says that when we accept Christ as our personal Savior, We become a new creation. Something different happens. Totally different happens. Did you know why you and I can come into the presence of God? God is all holy. You see... When we accepted Christ as our personal Savior, when the Holy Spirit came and dwelt within us, when God looks at you, you know what He sees? Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit. He doesn't see you. 
Why? Well, again, we're not perfect. But we have put on. The holiness, the perfection of Christ. We have a new nature. You know, I was saved very young. And I admit, I knew very little about what really happened. Um, Oh, I had sin. Don't get me wrong. Um, But I didn't know what God wanted. But you know, the very moment, the very instant that you accept Christ as your personal Savior, God starts a work in you. And He's told us, He said, I'm going to complete it. Well, you know where He's going to have to complete it? In heaven? I don't know, but I think what God keeps saying is, come on. You do a little bit of it down there. Don't leave so much for me to do up here. But he has purposed. He has a purpose for your life. And the wonderful thing is, he doesn't say, well, I sure hope you can make it. No, he's there for us. You know, I believe, I'm really proud, I'm very simple-minded. I can believe things and not really understand it. But I believe that you and I are right where God wants us to be today. Uh, God has moved me around quite a bit. And I must confess, I didn't always want to go. But I can tell you today, every move God made in my life was for my good. You know, sometimes I didn't realize it for many years. I've told this in my Sunday school class before. When I came home out of the service, I stayed in Japan for almost a year. And when I came home, everyone that I knew was married and gone. Uh, I confess, a lot of the guys married to stay out of Korea. Uh, But there wasn't 
There wasn't any girls. And I had made a remark to my stepmother. My mother died when I was only about 12. A wonderful, wonderful lady. And I never understood why God took her. She never did see any of us grow up. She never met any of our wives. She never helped any of her grandchildren. And she would have loved to. But I realized during the war, my older brother was in Europe. And I was in the Pacific. Mother was very, very, very sensitive. You know what? That would have been hard on her. I'm glad she missed it. But I came home. And I made a remark. My dad had remarried while I was gone. He married a wonderful Christian lady. lived right across the street from us. I knew her very well. And I had mentioned to her that there was nobody to date. And I had said, I would sure like to have somebody to go to the football game. It was football season, a high school game. Well, I went to pick her up one afternoon. And as she came out of work, there was a young lady with her. And I looked, I thought, oh, I know that young lady. She knows me. And she doesn't like me. We had an English class together. And I guess confession's good for the soul. We were studying diagramming. I could not diagram. I mean, verb, subject, good. Beyond that, forget it. And young lady that had been sitting behind me, the teacher would put the sentences on the board, we'd write them down and diagram them and turn it in. Well, I would write the sentence, pass my paper back to her, she would diagram them for me and give it back to me. But it so happened this time, this young lady was behind. And she turned my paper back to me with a big zero on it. We never did get along. But she came out. And my stepmother said, why don't you ask Peggy to go to the football game with you? She hated football. I thought, oh, she can tell me if I was the last guy in the world she wouldn't go. But she said, yes. Well, to make a longer story short, we married. We were very happily married. But I often wondered, why? Because we had nothing in common. I mean, she had a heart problem. 
She could not run. She could not mop the floor. Very limited what she could do. We'd been married almost 15 years. Now, when we married, I asked her, are you saved? She said, yes. But she went to a different church. And she said, the church I go to is only a half a block away from the church you go to. We can go to church, you'll go to your church, and I'll go to mine. I said, oh, no, 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 no. You have to go to mine. Well, that meant she had to be baptized. And she did. We worked together. We worked in the youth group. No complaint. We went visiting together. We've been married about 15 years. And... We came home from church one night. And she said, I'm not saved. I said, what? She said, I'm not saved. I've never accepted Christ as my Savior. I said, praise the Lord, let's go. I got my Bible out. Right down the Roman road we went. And we turned to the verses. We ended up in the 10th chapter. And the ninth verse, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, and shalt believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart a man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. I asked her, I said, do you believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Yes. you believe He went to the cross and died? Yes. you believe He arose again on the third day? Yes. I said, then ask Him to save you. She did. I said, okay, now you're saved. She said, nope, I'm not saved. We went over it about ten times. I got the same answer every time. He said, no, I'm not saved. Finally, about 2 a.m., I said, honey, I've got to go to work in the morning. I want you to call pastor in the morning. Early, have he and his wife come out and see you. So about 10 o'clock, She called me at work. She said, okay, you can breathe now. I got saved. Well, you know what? I was a little bit mad. I thought, what happened? So I couldn't wait till I got home. And I said, tell me, what did pastor do? Oh, same thing. Went through the Roman road. 
And she said, we went to Romans 10. And he asked me the same questions you did. And I prayed. And he asked me, he said, are you saved? She says, nope. He said, Peggy, you just called God a liar. Because God said, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. She said, that's it. Would you like someone turned the light on? She said, I didn't believe it. Faith. Accepting what we don't understand. Well, you know what? I'm not sure. She's been in heaven a long time now. That I didn't marry her so she could get saved. Oh, we've got a wonderful God. He doesn't give up. And He wants you and I to live for Him. You realize God saved you for a purpose? Yes, He saved you because He loved you. But He has something for you to do. That's the work He has started in you. He wants you. To serve Him. Why? So you can be happy. Salvation. I do not like to say it's free. But it's not free. It costs our Savior a lot. But for you and I, salvation is a gift. We don't deserve it. We can't earn it. It's given to us. All we have to do is accept it. And it's ours. Forever. But God's blessings are conditional. We must serve Him. We must obey Him. You ever wonder how much you love God? God gave us a yardstick. He said, if you love me, what? Obey me. So if you love God, you want to measure how much you love God? How willing are you to obey Him? And I mean all the way. You know, pastor... so wants to see you and I really loving the Lord. Allowing Him to work in our life. 
allowing him to use us. You know, the wonderful thing about the Lord, he's not asking you and I do it. He's asking you to let him do it through you. He'll do it. He will lead you. He will help you. He will also bless you. Now, I know every one of us have difficulties. I get kind of tickled. You know, this is income tax time. Well, we have a gentleman that has been doing our income tax for about 33 years. And we sent it to him. He sent it back. And my wife, he made a mistake. We didn't make that much money. We don't owe that much. So she called him. Well, he went through it again. And you know what? He said, you do. God blessed. Uh, God does bless. But he does it for us. I think perhaps tonight it might be good if we took a little while and simply thank the Lord for all that he has done for us. Mm-hmm. Been a while since you started trying to think that. I'm serious. Just thinking for what he's done. I'm afraid so often we criticize him for the message that we make. That he will help us. He will guide and direct us. And yes, He will lead us. So I'm going to ask you, I don't care whether you do it in your chair, but let us stand and take some time tonight. You can come down and kneel down here at the altar if you want to. And thank God for what he has done for you. If there's anyone here tonight who is not sure they're saved, I mean positively sure, come and let us talk to you. Let us take the word of God and show you how much God loves you.